0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And myself, Scott Morrison. Scott, it's been some time since me and you did something. You're usually on the road. You're not this week a lot. So it's time to get in the Hubcast room. Um, Topic for today, resilience. Okay. Two days ago, I set the task of what we was going to talk about resilience in this pod. And I said, do a bit of research, Scott. Look at what we've got in the T2 library. Look at what's on Google listen to a few podcasts, whatever you need to do. Because for me, resilience is such this big, overarching, widespread topic. Yeah. You know, can we make some sense of it? And can we give some clear clarity on its definition and what it is? So how did you find that process?
1: (laughs) Well, I won't lie to you. Like you just said, it's this big, moving piece at this moment in time. And I went into the thought process of, I like this, I like the idea of what resilience is. I had my own idea of what it was and what it would attach itself to from my upbringing and the things where I feel I've got resilience in certain areas, et cetera. So I was looking forward to reading some of the stuff on there. But I won't lie to you, Martin, the the amount of information that's out there to be found related to resilience is is immense. It's this huge amount of information. And there was a point where I could link to certain things, but I got to the point where I was looking that much. I was finding myself going down rabbit holes and bringing myself back out somewhere else completely different. So I think if you don't know what you're looking for or if you if you haven't got a set thing you've got in mind, you, you know, you could be led astray massively. So
0: if you are T2 yeah. and you are Martin Johnson and Scott Morrison who practice this every day, who teach this every day, who um, study it every single day and week, And we find it difficult to understand what resilience is and and how it is. What is it like for the average person out there who may think in their mind, I need to be more resilient. I need to improve my anxiety, my stress, my ongoing state, and I've got to try and be more resilient. If we haven't got a chance at times... What chance is the average member of the public who doesn't do this for a living stand?
1: Well, listen, I tapped in just the word resilience, a million things came up. So I looked at the meaning of resilience. And again, the set was a little bit smaller, but I got things from mindsets to um, IT soft topics and softwares to substance. And what I mean by substance is, you know, the the ability and resilience of plasticine or a bouncy ball to get back into shape at what time yeah, frame. Yeah. It's just so varied, you know, it's gonna be difficult to, yeah. to pinpoint what you're looking for without that exact search engine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Given the con different contexts of resilience, like you mentioned there, whether an IT system is resilient mm. or not, or whether an object or substance is resilient in in the form that it will go back to its original shape, or whether it's the mental toughness and the ability yeah. to return Psychology to a, 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 a psychological state. Mm. Um, what we do know about the word is it, we are, we all have a rough idea that the word resilience in some form describes toughness, mental staying power, um, the ability to endure, yeah. uh, bounce back ability, whatever it is, we all know we have a rough idea of what that would look like. But I think what we need to do on this podcast, Scott, is my aim for this would be if if by the end of this podcast we can simplify resilience for people okay and we can de- we can define it and we can differentiate it from some of the other buzzwords out there that go that are similar okay um and leave people going away with an understanding of okay so if that's resilience how would i judge my current level of resilience and what can I do to improve it going forward? Then I think that would be a great thing.
1: I completely agree. But I think the first thing we need to do, as you just said there, how do we find out what resilience is? And how do we, I've just mentioned, what would you search? So I guess the, the key thing then, and I know this is a hot subject for you, there's things you're looking into at the moment, there's people you're working with behind the scenes, et cetera. So if I was to ask you in reverse, what is resilience? How do you describe it?
0: Okay, so... If I let's start by um giving the dictionary definition of resilience okay because that gives you the actual in the Oxford dictionary that gives you the actual initial uh, explanation for what resilience is right and then I'll we'll go into our work and studies and partnerships here at t two which absolutely aligns with this and then we'll give some real clarity on what it means from a mental and psychological perspective. So the dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary definition is this. It's the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties. In brackets, toughness. Yeah. Now, I think that that is a really good generalised explanation of, of resilience, which most people can understand. You can get with that. Yeah, the second, because always there's always two contexts of meaning in the Oxford dictionary. The second one is, as you pointed out earlier, Scott, the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, it's its elasticity. Yeah. So, like you say, a stress ball um or a putty. A yeah. stress ball will always go back into shape, high resilience. Uh putty will always stay how you squeeze it, low resilience. Yeah. But let's forget that one for now. We're going back to the psychological Um, explanation of resilience, which is the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties. Mm -hmm. We are going to elaborate on that, though, uh, when we define uh, our our terminology of resilience in in terms of performance psychology. Sure. So we've always looked at resilience, but we've chopped it up, Scott, when we talk about the chimp and the brain survival, yeah, when we talk about how we're wired through evolution to stay away from danger, predators, and things that can harm us, and therefore, you know, you you need a level of that. We've always talked about challenge and threat states, and how one threat state can uh, can send us down a spiral, and a challenge state can help us rise to the challenge. Um, so we've always we've always chunked it up into different elements of the psychology, but. Since working with Rich Devine, yeah, and we invited him to our T2 leadership retreat this year and me and him collaborated on a couple of things and he's actually in the UK next week and he's coming to see me. Uh, he's give, given, for me, the best explanation in psychology of resilience that, that I've heard that ties in with that Oxford dictionary yeah. but makes it more simple to engage with and understand. If you don't know who Rich Deviney is... I was just about to ask. Not
1: everybody's <laughs> going to know who he is, right? So let's let's give him an intro.
0: Rich is a former Navy SEAL commander um, of SEAL Team Six. Um, he is the author of the book "The Attributes," uh, which explores twenty-five op- uh, attributes for optimal performance, based on Navy SEALs. Uh, but also, they are it's entirely transferable in, um, in in any walk of life. Um, and he breaks the attributes up into five categories. You have the grit attributes, the drive attributes, the mental acuity attributes, the leadership attributes, and the team ability attributes. And in the, um, you know, in the, in the group of attributes, resilience is one of them. And he defines it as this. Resilience is the ability to rapidly return to one's baseline emotionally and mentally after a stressful, traumatic, or even triumphant event.
1: Right. Let me, let me just stop you there. Because as you know, there's been hours reading, listening, watching these things. Now, every single thing that I've listened to, watched, read, whatever you want to look at it. I've never had that word in the mix. I've triumphant. never seen it. The triumphant word. I've never seen that in the mix. It's always about the low. Yeah. It's always about the troughs, if you like. It's never about the peaks. So why why is he looking at it differently,
0: do you think? I, I think it's it, it, you're absolutely right. The word resilience always is associated, even in that Oxford Dictionary definition, with bouncing back from adversity, challenge, trauma, mm-hmm. uh, difficulty, uh, all of the words that would suggest that you've been compromised, you're under the pump, it's stressful, uh, and you've got to bounce back. Um, But he defines it as it's both. And when we talk about this baseline in a second, it will make perfect sense. But if if resilience is your ability to bounce back from difficulty and adversity to, to what he calls your baseline, which is your normal, comfortable, standard state, right? then when you experience elation and triumph and reward, it's also your ability to return back to that baseline state in a timely fashion. Because just as spending too long in difficulty, adversity and under stress is bad for you and impacts performance, spending too much time in elation and in triumph would also impact performance. Because you've all been there where if you've achieved something and you're trying to dine out on that for days, weeks, months, without getting back to some hard work and some principles. yeah, You're going to take your eye off the ball. You're going to become complacent. And are you going to be able to repeat that performance time and time again if you stay in triumph? You're not. You've got to return to your baseline and let's crack on. We've got work to do.
1: And staying there for a long period of time, again, due to lack of ability to get back down to your baseline, that can that can show Less fortunate traits such as arrogance, if you like, if mm. you're sitting in
0: there for too long, complacency, so, yeah. arrogance, you know, entitled, being entitled, yeah. you know, absolutely. So, so if you think about what we've explored to this point, Scott, and we'll simplify simplify it is, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read that again because it's really important. Um, Resilience is the ability to rapidly return to one's baseline emotional and mental state after a stressful, traumatic or triumphant event, what it's basically saying is, if you think about the word bounce-back ability, right, what it's basically saying is whether your emotional state and mental state rises for the greater good into elation and triumph, or whether it dips into stress and trauma, your ability to recognize that and bring that emotion back to a baseline state is incredibly important. And, that, and in both directions, that's resilience. If you're a person who doesn't return to baseline very quickly, in, in either direction, sure. you probably don't have high levels of natural resilience. You struggle to either bring that emotion down or to uh, interpret and control that emotion in the right way. And therefore, this notion of baseline understanding your baseline is yeah. incredibly important. Maybe it's a good time, Scott, to maybe just go into a bit on the baseline. Well, I
1: was going to ask the next question. Obviously, as consultants, we we work with print and we have an understanding that people are coming from different directions, different angles with life. Um, you and I are both eight threes, so we probably won't be too dissimilar in relation to where our baseline is, but we do work with other people who have nines in their profile, have fives in their profiles, etc. So are they going to be... As as keyed into a moment as we are, so therefore, will their baseline be at the same level as ours, above ours, below ours? How does so what? Well,
0: so, so yeah. So every every human being doesn't have the same baseline, and this is the simple way we need to explain it. So your baseline is unique to you as an individual, mm-hmm. and it's your comfort zone. So if I if I describe it like this, it's your comfort zone. It's the place where You are neither elated and high on optimism, reward, dopamine, um, or you're neither too low on stress, anxiety, worry, cortisol. Yeah. Right. It's your comfort zone. You're indifferent. Mm -hmm. It's the normal place where you sit very comfortably. Um, You're calm. You're relaxed. You're, if someone hooked you up to brain scanners and a (laughs) heart monitor, your heart. Beat would be incredibly regular.
1: Your authentic space.
0: Yes, your brain would be performing at a very moderate, slow, but optimal rate. Mm. You're not under any pressure. You're neither completely excited and energized by something, but you're neither stressed or worried. Okay, it's it's quite a peaceful sort of comfort zone. And for us, you know, you you can be at your baseline uh, in many different ways. Whether you're sat at home reading a book, whether you're uh, on the beach, whether you're taking part in a hobby or activity which is quite calm and relaxing, down the gym, whatever it might be, yeah um, it's your comfort zone now what's interesting is is that baseline is slightly different levels for different people, so take me as an example, and I know you're similar. I'm a person who's wired and motivated in a way to have high challenge in my environment, be constantly doing something, um, being busy. Uh, having my brain tested and occupied, um, and move. The only way I can describe it is moving forward in a direction with something. Um, so my baseline state might be slightly higher than someone who is far more calm, introverted, relaxed, comfortable in doing nothing. Yeah. Intro. Whatever it might be, their baseline state might be there and that's their comfort zone. Whereas for me, that would be suboptimal because I'd be like tapping. You know, if I I just had, sometimes if I'm around the house, my most anxiety-inducing time is when I've got nothing to do. I'm cleaning the sides. I'm looking for something to do. I'm in the garden. I'm, you know, whatever it might be, I'm because I don't do well sometimes just sat there. (laughs) Whereas for other people, they might be listening to this going, no, that's my baseline. That's great for me. Right, that's great. That's how I recharge, right? So... Your baseline is your comfort zone, and I'm comfortable with a little bit of uh, with stuff to do, with a bit of challenge in my environment, not too much, but a little bit of challenge in my environment. And when I'm moving forward positively, and I've got and I've and I'm you know I've got a challenge or I've got a goal that I'm trying to work towards, purpose, and that's my baseline. So if I then move off that, if I massively succeed um, and I have that sense of triumph and elation. Because I'm so driven by that, I do struggle to come down quickly. Yeah. And also, if I'm inhibited in my endeavor of trying to achieve something or move in that direction, I can be triggered. And once I'm triggered, if the frustration is pent up, I struggle to return to my baseline quickly. Yeah. So I would say that when you look at me, a lot of people would say Martin is resilient. He's one of the most resilient person I know. I don't think I am. I think I'm actually quite moderate. I know that I've done the test. I'm moderate on resilience because yes, I've got courage in abundance. I've got drive. I've got tenacity. I've got self-efficacy, accountability. I'm decisive. All of those things I'm really high on, but I don't return to my baseline quickly. No. Sometimes it takes me a while. I've got to really, really let it pass, You know, apply some coping mechanisms and get myself back to a state um, so if this is making sense, your baseline is your comfort zone. It's where your brain can operate both emotionally and pragmatically and logically. It's where it's going to be at your best for calm, for rational thinking, for problem solving. Um, and it's where you're going to be able to work the best on in any endeavor. Um, so people who can suffer trigger points or elation and then either celebrate quickly or get it off your chest and return to your baseline are very resilient people and that allows them to reset and go again in a timely fashion. So
1: basically what we're saying here, the quicker you can get back to your baseline, the higher resilience you are likely to have. Yes. As a result. Okay.
0: And Um, the longer you take to get back to baseline, the more subopt the less resilience you're showing because the more suboptimal your brain is going to be able to perform either through complacency and elation and um like we said earlier maybe a lack of, a bit of arrogance or through not dealing with stress and pressure very well and you're just going from one scenario into another into another and you're compounding the situation because you're not returning to baseline and taking a breath. Yeah. You're not rationalizing the situation. You're not stopping the cortisol release. You're not dealing with the trigger and you'll fall from one into another, into another. Which obviously can lead into
1: mental state of mind, depression, etc., cetera, et cetera. Okay. Great stuff. Now, again, we've already picked up on the fact that I went searching for these things. Now, one of the one of the mix-ups I think I had with the description of what resilience was, for me, was durability. Now, I, I, I believe I'm very durable, but at that point, I was looking for resilience. So when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, actually, am I one way or the other? Because I think there's a little bit of a mix with the words and there's a little bit of crossover between some. And I think that might need clearing up. So for those listening who might think a certain way links into resilience, the clear answer is not always it's not that clear is it so
2: are you a fan of our podcast if so make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels you can find us on tiktok instagram youtube facebook linkedin and twitter by searching trans2 performance by following us you'll have access to exclusive content special announcements and more join the t2 community today
0: so you've got three you've got three other terminologies that are interchangeable with resilience that often get Mixed up with resilience, um so it's probably worth separating them out and trying to get people to understand what the differences are. So you sure. mentioned durability, which is which is one, persistence is another, and courage is the other one. So you've got these three other words that all they all sound very similar if you think about it, yeah courage, durability persistence, resilience. I mean, what is the difference? If you surely if you're showing one or two, then you've got all, right? But well, it's not as clear as cut as that. So let's start with durability because you you mentioned that. Sure. Durability is the ability to endure adversity and suffering time and again and still continue to get up each day and function. That's durability. And that that is different from the definition we've given on resilience. Mm. So the ability to endure adversity and suffering time and again and get up every day and keep on keeping on, yes, it's durability and it's an admirable quality, right? But it's not resilience because in the absence of resilience, i.e. your ability during that suffering and adversity to return to your baseline state, engage a situation or what's happening around you pragmatically and rationally yeah. and make some decisions and take actions to get out of the suffering and adversity, then all you're going to do is continue keeping on, keeping on. Yeah. Over a period of time, if you think about that, the effect of that, if you're high on durability and low on resilience, if you continue keeping on and keeping on, but you have low levels of resilience and you can't return to baseline, work out how you're going to solve this problem and make some changes... To end the suffering and the the stress, then you're going to end up with an altered perception of possibility and purpose, and you're going to have a lack of optimism and drive. You're going to be in a depressed state because you sort of high durability, low resilience means I'm just going to, the world's against me. It's a tough place. I don't have any luck. I'm just going to keep battling on. And slowly but surely over time, that is unsustainable. Yeah. So... Durability is a real admirable quality for sure. And you do need an element of it, but you, in the absence of resilience, it can be dangerous for you because you just give up on purpose and optimism. You, you you sort of the people who go, I'm I'm dealt a bad hand and there's no, there's no way out. I've just got to keep going. Um, so I would like to see high durability and at least moderate resilience yeah, because that's how you find the balance and that's how hopefully you can, you don't have to be that durable if you're resilient, if that yeah. makes sense.
1: This is how we're looking to turn the corner, how do we ten? find the way forward? How do we do that? Excellent, excellent. So one of the other words we talked about, or you brought it up, was courage. For me, courage is, well, it speaks for itself, courage, but again, there's, a, there's another way to view this with the accompaniment of resilience. So how does that sound?
0: Courage, courage is not the absence of fear. I think that people make that mistake. They they think that people with courage don't have fear. It's completely wrong. Courage is courage is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to put yourself into situations, stressful and uncertain situations, uh, in spite of it, in spite of the fear. And I think that's really important point. And again, it's a really good. Attribute to have is courage yeah. because it's where, if your baseline is your comfort zone, then it absolutely takes courage to push you off that baseline. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, it, 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 too many people sit in their comfort zone through a lack of courage because they're low or moderate on courage. So, have the courage to take the risk or to push themselves into uncertainty or to stretch themselves. Courage is an attribute where it's the one thing you need to push you off your baseline,
1: to step out. Yeah.
0: For sure. Um, But resilience is different, isn't it? Because once you've used courage to step off your baseline and to put yourself into an endeavour that's challenging or uncertain or carries risk, um, if that goes well, so the byproduct of courage, Scott, is this. It either goes well and you feel great about it, so you get your triumph, or all your fears come true and you should never have done it, (laughs) and it was the worst thing in your fucking life, and never again. Right, they're the two outcomes of courage. What's really interesting on a side point of this is the most rewarding things you'll ever do are on the other side of courage. You know, the triumph on the other yeah. side of courage, where you push yourself to do a bungee jump or, or a, 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 I don't know, skydive, or just do something that you
1: fear—public
0: yeah. speaking, whatever it might be—and then you do it and you feel amazing afterwards, and you think, I want so bad, I should, I knew I should could do it. That triumph is amazing. Yeah. But the two byproducts of courage—courage courage is going to push you off your baseline out your comfort zone you're either going to go well and it's triumph or it's not and it's um you know it's it's it should have never have done that that yeah. was bad your resilience is your ability to get back to baseline regardless of the outcome so if it's not gone well and you're high on resilience yeah. you will go okay I'll put that one in the uh, in the memory bank or maybe I'll do it differently next time however let's move on it is what it is next thing If you've experienced high triumph after pushing out of your baseline through courage, you go, right, that was amazing, loved it, I'm going to capture that memory, I'm going to put it in the memory bank for a later point, Yeah. back to the next thing. Resilience is different to courage because courage is the attribute you need to push you off your baseline into uncertainty, challenge, risk. And then whatever happens at the end of that, resilience is your ability to get back to baseline and go again.
1: To anchor yourself back to where you need to be.
0: So hopefully now people are starting to see, when we talk about durability, courage, the difference in resilience. All of these other words that we're using, and we'll talk about persistence next, they're all attributes you need to push into endeavors or to keep on keeping on or to try and achieve a goal. Your resilience is always your ability, whether good or bad, yeah. to get back to your baseline and go again. Not only that, but getting back to your baseline reduces the cortisol, the stress levels. It reduces your dopamine and oxytocin, your reward chemicals, yeah. gets you back to an even keel, right? Which is most optimal for the combination of cognitive, rational thinking and, emo- and emotions. The ba- It's the balance. It's the balance, it's the balance. It's the balance yeah. that counts. It also has a massive restorative effect I think I put an extra T in that restorative <laughs> effect. When you're at base, because you're recharging your batteries, you're yeah. allowing yourself to. You used it Ellie Scott reset, yeah, recharge, because you can't be up or down all the time, you know. Hmm. So that's courage. If that helps,
1: absolutely. So when we when we talk about the perseverance, again, another one of the words that came out in all of the searching that I did. And a lot of crossover, so it's easy again if we don't know what we're searching for to come away with the wrong idea of what one is versus resilience again. So, talk us through again, like you've you've done so far. Just talk us through the the blend of the two and what one happens without the backup of resilience. If yeah. you like, getting back to that baseline.
0: Well, just before we move on to perseverance. There's one thing I mentioned earlier about what happens when you're high on durability and low on resilience. Mm-hmm. And we talked about you have an altered perception of optimism and purpose. Right. So you become becoming a depressed state. Well, what happens when you're high on courage and low on resilience? Because some people might say, well, if you're high on courage and you can't return to baseline, at least you're having a go. Right. At least, okay. you, at least you're pushing into stuff. Well, yes, in small doses, that's okay. But as an ongoing... Um, Cycle of events, right? If you're constantly high on courage, pushing yourself off baseline and trying stuff and being stressed and you know stretching yourself, but you're low on resilience, so in the aftermath of doing so, you can't return to baseline. Yeah, you're going to end up with a heightened state of anxiety. Fight or flight's going to be on all the time,
1: twenty-four-seven.
0: So you'll end up with generalized wo- feelings of worry and anxiety because. It's not the pushing yourself through courage out your comfort zone that's done this. It's your inability to return to base.
1: To get back so when right.
0: you're not able to return to baseline because you've pushed yourself through courage and it's not gone so well and you've got some negative feedback or you've made a fool of yourself or you failed, mm-hmm. right? You're then going to stay in this perpetual motion. If you can't return to base, you're going to stay in this perpetual cycle of cortisol. Oh, I'm going to worry even more about, I should have never have done that. That's damaged my brand. What do people think about me? More cortisol. It's a a real tough place to be, which means you can't sleep properly. You can't stop thinking about it. You, you know. It's exhausting. Exhausting is the word. It's absolutely exhausting. Yeah. So high courage, low resilience over a period of time is not a good concoction. Hmm. Because then what you do, and, and you know people like this, what they'll do is they'll, They'll then the only way they know how is to push themselves into something else to try and solve it. Yeah. But they're not in a good state to take it on because they're not at base. So then the same thing happens and no just compounds. No it rationale yeah.
1: to, to support the
0: theory. Do you it's, know anyone, Do you know anyone, Scott, who goes through life trying to take something on and achieve something uh, falls at the first hurdle or doesn't have instant success, and then just gives up. And then the next minute they're trying something else. Yeah. And then something else. But they never stay in it long enough. They never- Give it a chance. To you, give it a chance.
1: You never- It's like, it's just another adventure for a short period of time. It's never a feature movie. It's always a series. Six episodes, give up, start again.
0: and you And you lose all- Faith in them and credibility goes because you think, "Oh, it'll only last two months." Or, and what these people have probably got, if you really unpicked the psyche, is they've not got they've got low resilience because they can't Mm -hmm. return to baseline. Yeah, they're high on courage. Give them the due. Um, so they're going into endeavours and stretching themselves, but because they never return to baseline, they'll encounter problems and challenges compound it reinforcing the brain that the last time they tried something failed as well and they'll never ever be able to problem solve it and stay in the fight long enough because they're never back at base and remember being back at baseline is your comfort zone calm space Optimum. where your brain is most optimal for combining rational thinking with emotional thinking yeah right you are your system is relatively calm so you're not your heightened level of awareness to danger is not through the roof And therefore, your ability to problem-solve and make decisions and take action is far greater. Mm -hmm. That's the science behind it. So that's high courage, low resilience. The other one you mentioned was perseverance. Now, perseverance is a really um, important attribute to have in any success. It's basically the constancy at which you're willing to keep doing something despite the delay or difficulty in achieving the goal. Yeah. So it's the opposite to what we just described. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm going to have to keep at this through persistence, and it will come in time by being persistent. And I'm willing to delay the gratification of, of achievement a bit longer for hard work. Now, when you listen to that, you go, there's no bad side to that. There's no downside to persistence, is there? Well, there is in the absence of resilience. If that makes sense. It does. Because high persistence, low resilience. So what happens if someone is incredibly persistent and willing to keep going and keep going and keep going and delay the gratification and goal, but they can't return to their baseline state? Easy because the law on resilience.
1: Well, essentially, what you've just described, not being able to return back to your optimum level, lack of logic, rationale, that drive to move forward. You're out there, you're not thinking, you're not taking these things on board. As a result of that, you could be traveling blind. You're looking for something that's always on the horizon or just over the next hill, but it's never in sight. And because you don't return back to your baseline, you're never really going to do the math to realize, hang on, I kind of need to stop here. I need to recheck my map to success. I need to seek advice. I need to sort of take five minutes away to see if I'm still on the right road.
0: Oh, if you walk persistently in the wrong direction in the Australian outback, that is not a good quality. <laughs> or in the Sahara Desert, right? You know, it persistence in the absence of resilience does one thing. It stops you from assessing, reflecting, and challenging that what you are being persistent about is still optimal. Yeah, still achievable. And so you end up with this cognitive dissonance that you will do it at all costs. So um, blind optimism, you said blind, yeah. Mm -hmm. Blind optimism is the byproduct of high perseverance, low resilience. Because, again, in the absence of returning to baselines, actually just go, hmm, I'm in my calm state. I'm not driving forward. Um, I've got time to reflect. Let me think through. Let me just ask a few questions. Let me get some input from others, Yeah. which you, you can only do at base, right? Um, you're just going to continue plowing forward. So persistence is incredible in the presence of resilience. In the absence of it, it's blind optimism. agree. So it it might be worth just encapsulating where we're at, Scott. Um, Resilience to me underpins all other attributes because if you don't have the ability to return to base after encountering challenge, adversity, or difficulty, or triumph, um, reward, and happiness... um, you're always go- it's, there's always going to be a trade-off to that. And and it's like, this is why we do what we do at T2, Scott. This is why we say managing the chimp is so important. Not drifting down a threat state mindset and staying in challenge is so important. Right? Knowing what your triggers are is so important. Yeah. Best self and shadow, recognizing what 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 you're feeling in the moment is so important because only then can you start to consciously think. I need to get back to baseline here.
1: And and you saying that has got me ticking here in my brain cells because I'm sitting here going, we're talking about some really great stuff and people listening to this will be like, that's fantastic. But there's one burning question. How do I get back to baseline? Hmm. We're talking about all these ups and downs, but you know, it's not that simple. So people out there listening will probably want to know, okay, that's great guys. Great content. How do I get back to baseline? Is well, that I think easy? if we
0: if we had a ca- if we had an easy cast iron answer, um, we'd be billionaires because <laughs> you'd fix half of the ongoing stress, worry, anxiety, depressed type, yeah. you know, men- mental health issues. Um, so it's not an easy answer. No, get, if if we all knew how to get back to our baseline and manage our lows, It'd be uh and and. Embrace the highs, but not for too long, and stay on an even keel and be pragmatic and rational all the time. We we, we you know, it, it doesn't work like that. And, and we know that the reason it doesn't work like that is because we're hardwired through million years of millions of years of evolution to survive, yeah, to stay away from danger. We're hardwired to not come off the baseline. Do you know? Like let's think about that for a second. We're hardwired through millions of years of evolution, to not come off the baseline. And if we do, it's to spot a threat, like a tiger or something that's going to eat us, poison us, attack us. We're we're hardwired to come massively off the baseline. Down. Down, to go immediate threat, be scared, fight or flight. Right. And that's
1: why I asked the question earlier on, because everything I read this this morning, this evening, this afternoon, anything I'm hearing, it's not throwing that triumph function in there. It's always about the downward curve, not the upward spiral. So, yeah. you know, that's why I wanted to wanted you to sort of clearly... Well, there is a that. little
0: bit of the upward curve there in us from evolution as well, because as well as surviving every day, that's our strongest innate yeah. thing. If you're going to come off base, stay on baseline, don't take any risks, stay safe. And if, yeah. you, and if there is a danger, your brain is wired to go, right, cortisol release, fight or flight, and then what would usually happen in the early days is you would avoid the threat or danger by running or fighting. Um, and then once the danger had passed, you'd return to baseline and carry on with your day. Yeah, And you might be off that baseline in the in cave people days. You might be off that baseline once a day, twice a week, three times a week. I don't know. It might have been a daily thing, depending. But the reality is, is you'd come off it, you'd either solve and survive the problem, and you'd go back on it. Hmm. Um we, we It does stem back to, a, to tri- triumph and reward as well. You know, it's why uh, sex is very rewarding. So we'd get these spikes of sure. elation, um, being a parent, you know, having a role in the tribe, whether you was the caregiver, the protector, the hunter, whatever it might be. However, generally, we're always wired away from pain or towards pleasure. Sure. But you're not wired to cope well with constantly, and this is the big change between... The, the way we are today in our generation society to hundreds of thousands of years ago, we're not wired to be off the baseline constantly. Mm-hmm. So, if you think about it, then big saber-toothed tiger turns up in the morning, comes off the baseline, we all run away, we survive it back on the baseline. That might be it for the day, right? Yeah. Fast forward to today, our perceived level of threats. We don't run oh. from savers who tags anymore. No. We certainly don't have life or death, but our perceived level of threats to our image, our reputation, our families, um, our careers is almost an hourly thing. It's supercharged by social media and the digital yep. world. 100%. It's supercharged by reading the news and watching the news and uh, the narrative that we're fed. It's um, parenting styles have changed. Social interaction has changed for our children. Um, so there's many different reasons, and we don't want to go down a different, different podcast. Yeah. But the point here is: is the reason we don't cope very well is because um, we're, we're coming off the baseline probably more than ever through the amounts of inputs in the world that we live in. Like, for example, you can be having a really good day, Scott. You go on Twitter or Instagram, you can see um, a, a, a graphic video of a war zone or something you should you and all of a sudden that's triggered you've come off your baseline yeah do you know what i mean and we're exposed to so many of them inputs into the brain a day. um so to answer your question what can we do about it it's not easy mm. is the first thing but there's a couple of techniques you can use and when we talk about these three techniques if you just think about this for the end of this podcast to take away with you is this If you're going to return to baseline, it's all about number one, recognizing where you are first and foremost, and number two, you need to get back a degree of control.
2: The next T2 leadership retreat will take place on the 7th to the 9th of May, 2024 to book your place on the ultimate leadership development experience from the people performance people, or for more information, please visit www.trans2performance.com. If you know what your
0: comfort zone generally is, so I would say an hour ago, me and you were drinking coffee, having lunch, chewing the fat, bang on the baseline. Um, You come into this podcast room, you turn the button on, and as good as we are at it, Scott, we know this is going to go out live. We start to think consciously about how we sound, what we say, how well is it going to go? You've just slightly come off your baseline. A little yeah. bit of pressure, a little bit of stress. Not too far, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um So recognising, yeah, where am I right now? Am I off my baseline and feel pressured and stressed or feel some level of difficulty? Or am I well above my baseline and I'm absolutely on a high, loving this, feel great, feel accomplished, have triumph? You know where you're at. Yeah. And I think in the triumph side, take a moment to enjoy it. Take a few moments, yeah. right? But don't take forever. Take a few moments. But the same should matter on the adversity line as well. Like if I've come off my base and I'm feeling under the pump, acknowledge it. Take a few moments to go. I'm in a live podcast with my boss. This is going to go out live to all our listeners and partners. I want to do this justice. That's okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think acknowledging it of, of, if you've come off your baseline state for for the for the good or for the more stressful, the first thing to do is acknowledge it and recognize it. Okay. When you're blissfully unaware, that's the problem. Yeah, because it slips even further or um, continues. But the second thing, thought process has to be, okay, what do I control in this podcast to not go any further and start edging back towards my base? Yeah. How do I return? Yeah. So three steps. And what I want people to take away from this, if you feel like you're not great natural, because some people will listen to this and they're fantastic at resilience. They've got high levels of natural resilience. They bounce back from triumph and stress very quickly to baseline. And if you've ever wondered why you're so chilled about things or how you can deal with pressure and just let problems um, pass you by and you don't really... Um, become overly deterred by them or encouraged, then you've probably got good resilience. So this is probably a informational podcast that has <laughs> given you some rational, rational, rationale behind it. But if you're not and you're like me and you don't return quickly all the time or as quick as you would like, three things to consider. Um, first, you've got to stop the clock or start the clock, sorry. You've got to start the clock. Take back some control we've just talked about and then you've got to prioritise and focus. So let's start with start the clock. Um, Rich in his book, Rich Deviney, talking yeah. back to him, uh, and a lot of other uh, you know neuroscience and psychology uh, models and theories suggest this as well, but he calls it the two-minute rule. The two-minute rule is start the clock. Whether you've experienced something great or whether you've got a trigger and feeling difficulty, start the clock, two-minute rule. You have two minutes to moan, and cuss and air your frustration. Stamp your feet. Stamp your feet. Um, you know, say how unfair it is. Offload, whatever it might be. You've got two minutes. Go. Yeah. But after two minutes, we're we're taking back control and getting back to baseline. I think so. two minutes, it doesn't have to be exactly two minutes, but it gives you that little bit of a, a trigger to go, right, allow this to happen. Acknowledge it. Give yourself a short amount of time. And then it's back to business.
1: Just thinking that way shortens the process. Because I know, well, and you'll know plenty of people, I know plenty of people who will wallow in that. Oh, for, for days. For so long. For days. It's absolutely unnecessary, you know. And and it, it But it takes them down like a rabbit hole. It, it can lead them to all sorts. So that time frame that you mentioned in there, it's like, okay, I am allowed to react. And I am allowed to, to exercise that negative energy, if you like. Or even positive energy, whichever way it wants to be. Whether you're celebrating and you animated with it, or you're, you know, you you you're negative and you, you're verbal with it, whichever way. But it's knowing, right? I can get it out. Once I've got it out, let's let's close it down. Let's move on.
0: Hmm. And whether that's the five minute rule for you or the ten minute rule, listen, you decide. You might go two minutes is not enough, <laughs> right? I need to have uh, I need to have a, a ten minute. Process. Yeah, that's fine, whatever it is, but have a process. Stick have, to it. Start the clock. Start the clock and decide on a timely fashion that says, I'm going to allow this to happen. I'm going to acknowledge where I'm at, but there's going to be a point in time where it's back to business yeah. and we move forward. So the two-minute rule is – and the same is for elation and celebration.
1: Absolutely. bask yeah, in same. the
0: glory, enjoy it, and then it's back to work. Hmm. Some of the best sports leaders, sports managers – In football, in rugby, um, never rest on the laurels. You don't get Pep Guardiola or Alex Ferguson going, Well, I've won two titles. They're instantly like, Right, what next season? Back to training, back at it. It's that reset that, like, you know, I watched uh, the Beckham uh, Netflix documentary recently. All the players always said, Alex Ferguson had an unbelievable way of humbling you, bringing you back down to earth earth immediately after the treble, after fame, after. Whatever it was, his first job was going back to base. But
1: just in that, just think about that there. You know, you've mentioned Pep, you've mentioned Sykes-Ferguson, both of which have done the treble. Now, imagine if you would have stayed on that elation for too long. You wouldn't is it sec- the, yeah. Is the second trophy coming? Probably not. Because you're away with the arrogance, you're with the, here we are, this is who we are. Someone tuned in on their baseline, at their optimal, are going to take you offbeat.
0: And, you, and I know we're in sporting analogies now, but you look at, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Nadal, they've all won by far, like in history, by far, they've won five times as many yeah. majors as anybody else, right? Yeah, the
1: Williams sisters in relation to the female side.
0: How do they do it? How do you – you can only do that by, after Euphoria and Triumph, resetting, returning to base and starting the hard work again. Yeah. It's the only way you can do it, right? Um, Set like Tiger Woods in golf. Jack Nicholas in golf, they're by far ahead of everybody else in terms of number of majors. So, you know, it's it's that ability to come back to baseline. So the two-minute rule, or starting the clock, as I call it, yeah. is your first technique. And if two minutes is too aggressive for you and you need a bit more, that's fine, but you need to have the trigger of starting the clock in a reasonable time frame where you're going to say, acknowledge it, sit in it, let's get to work. Sure. Second technique is the ABC technique. And we talk about this in Challenge and Threat a lot. And anybody who's done any work with T2 will know what this is. The ABC technique is designed to get us back in control. So we've set the clock. We've allowed ourselves the time. Now it's time to return to base. You've got to ABC the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to act not like we. the A is almost tied in with starting the clock. You're acknowledging where you're at. I'm below baseline here. I'm stressed. Or I'm, I'm way above baseline. The B helps you during that setting the clock, I think, of breathing. So slow your breathing down, calm the system down, take a moment. The C is control. What do I control in the here and now that I can possibly do to drive the outcome I desire here and get me back to baseline? Yeah. And the reason control is so important and making decisions and taking action is because the minute you think, what do I control? You'll come up with a list or a number of things you can do. That will lead to decisions, then it leads to actions, which leads to outcomes. Yeah. Because there is nothing more powerful than a decided mind. Right. So ABC, acknowledge and breathe go hand in hand with start the clock. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge the situation, breathe through it. The control bit of the ABC is how we're going to get back to base. Yeah. All we can do, we can't control the non-controllables so we can get back to base. And the last part of the three-step process is around prioritise and focus. It's compartmentalization. In psychology, compartment, the ability to compartmentalise is synonymous with people who serve in high pressure environments in the military or the emergency services. And it's a way there where you bring, if you're, te- if you're attending uh, an accident or a situation or you're on a mission or you're observing something which is uncomfortable, or you're in a very hostile environment, there's lots of information coming at you at once. Yeah. Loading the brain. And the only, if you if you can't compartmentalize all of that information to the most important f- factors and focusing on them, you ain't returning to baseline. You know, an example might be if you're, and we work with a lot of fire services, if they're attending an RTA, it's a stressful situation, it's an uncomfortable uncomfortable situation, they've got the people involved in the RTA, they've got the people who have witnessed or the people who have stopped, the the crowd that's gathering, the witnesses. Sure. They've got all them, the family and friends who are arriving. They've got the police to speak to who have cordoned off the area. You know, they're trying to do their own job at the same time. Um, loads of stuff is filling the brain and overloading the brain. So, what what they do and standard operating procedures, either in the military or the emergency services, help with this is to compartmentalize that environment in that time, prioritize the things they need to do, mm-hmm. and focus in on them. And and that's a very difficult thing to do when under pressure. So, but for for people just out there, if you're feeling overwhelmed and overloaded with information, getting back to your baseline can quite often be solved. By compartmentalization. Yeah. Let me just block out the noise. Just, again, think about the things I control. Think about what's in front of me and the priorities and just get laser focused on that, yeah. on that piece of information. Then, through feeling back in control and that I'm making a difference, I can stop the uncertainty, the cortisol release and the anxiety and start heading back to base.
1: Yeah. And the downward trend.
0: Yeah. And start lifting that back up. So a couple of techniques to think about there. If anything, to simplify it, Scott, I'd like people listening to this podcast to take two two techniques away. Start the clock and ABC.
1: Yeah.
0: Because if you say to yourself, okay, I need to get back to baseline. I've encountered this trigger or this, this situation. I'm going to give myself two minutes, five minutes, whatever it might be, and then it's crack on. That's the first step into returning to base. On completion of that, what do I control in the here and now, which will lead to some decisions and actions, which gets me laser focused on what I need to do to get back to baseline. Sounds simpler than it is.
1: Yeah, doesn't it always? But it's it's still a great way forward when we're clouded.
0: Yeah. Yeah, (coughs) absolutely. Um, So in summary, resilience is incredibly important to understand. Resilience is your ability to return to your baseline state, which remember is your comfort zone, your even keel, your calm. Yeah. To return to that baseline state, despite discomfort, challenge, you know, difficulty, or in triumph.
1: Yeah.
0: And... In the absence of resilience, some of the other attributes we've talked about, courage. Courage is a wonderful attribute. It allows us to push off that baseline into situations which scare us or carry risk. In the absence of resilience, it can be dangerous on an ongoing basis to keep doing it. In the presence of resilience, that's where you grow. Where you push yourself off through courage. And if it goes well, you're going to celebrate and then get back to work. And if it doesn't go well... You're not going to catastrophize it. You're going to head back to baseline and uh, think about what we would do differently next Take time. Take the learnings, right? Yeah, absolutely. So courage is a great attribute, but needs resilience to underpin it. Um, durability, it's admirable, but in the absence of resilience, it can be quite unrewarding. It can alter your perception of optimism, purpose, happiness, and your existing every single day. Mm. And it can create quite a negative view of the world and um, it can depress the emotional state if continued for a per- period of time.
1: Am I seen? Am I heard? Am I valued?
0: But little bursts of durability when the chips are down and you're off your baseline is is incredible. Mm. As long as at some point we can do what we've been talking about and get back on and avoid that difficulty sure. or do some, make some change that avoids that difficulty. And persistence, um, a wonderful quality, a wonderful attribute. Uh, keep keep going in an endeavor despite the delayed gratification of success. But in the absence of resilience, returning to baseline and working out, uh, if you're on the right track yeah. and if it's still optimal, it's blind optimism. Absolutely. So, so take those things away. Uh, think about where your baseline is, where where you know, think about the do you know what's an interesting exercise, Scott. Think about the moments in your week or month when you believe you're truly at baseline.
1: We talk about this. Only yesterday I was doing it with uh, one of my sessions and I asked them, what is your authentic space? Where do you sit? When do you know you're at, you're at peace, you're present, you're joyful, you're happy, you're relaxed, but you're still engaged with what's happening around you? And I sort of give an example of it, where mine is. We won't go into that now, but where mine is. And you can see people literally go, oh, hang on a minute. And it can be a number of different places for different people for different reasons. But it's finding themselves back there in which I then ask, what am I observe there? What emotions, what feelings, what type of communication do you deliver in that time and space? And how does that differ to, again, some of the other environments we find ourselves in with work, et cetera, et cetera. And it gives people a good two-way vision of how they're interacting.
0: Yeah. And think about your personal and professional life. What's your baseline look like when during a working week mm. and what times is that a care? Uh, what's your baseline look like at home and when does that care? That's important to differentiate, um, but you'll know it. And then once you've visualized it and you've used references of when you are at baseline, trust me, you will then start to recognize when you're at baseline, you'll actually yeah. sit there and go, I mean, here I am. I'm in my comfort zone here, Um, you know, and recognize when you're in those moments that push you slightly off. Like, for example, I know it sounds uh, strange to say, but if I'm at my baseline too often, and you'll smile at this, if I'm at my baseline constantly, I start to come off it like underneath. So you start looking for things. I need little spikes. <laughs> I need little spikes of challenge mm. and adrenaline. Just little ones, not too much. I need little regular spikes of challenge and adrenaline to keep me close to baseline. Because if I'm just on it all the time without moving off it and it's a little bit, let's say, boring, drab, then I've got the potential to seriously get frustrated and come off it in a massive way. Yeah. Um so the little spikes, I, I I like my week to be baseline, but with enough enough little spikes and challenges to keep me going and keep me mobilised and motivated. Do you know what I mean? Keep the mind active. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you gotta you gotta get familiar with what yours looks like. And um the final thing I'm gonna say on this podcast, Scott, and this is if there's if there's one thing anybody listens to this, um if, if there's one thing you take away from this, let it be this is I think in all the work we do and you think about generational shift and you think about people talking about kids are not as resilient as they used to be and mental health's high and all the rest of it. And I think there's many different factors that contribute towards that. However, I think in terms of what we discussed today, I think our expectations are skewed these days. I think we expect to be on that baseline And experiencing nothing but triumph and reward and going back to base, triumph and reward. And I think we define our happiness and our, you know, our our resilience levels by achieving and having fulfillment in our lives and experiencing nice things and then returning to base. And then achieving and returning to base. If you think about without going into it too much, but you think about social media and likes and Attention! And right, yeah. we're, we're, skewing, we're skewing. We're yeah. skewing what being a Homo Sapien is actually about, and and what I mean by that is is it's not our ability to experience triumph and happiness that really counts. It's our ability to endure suffering and challenge, and return to baseline that really defines us. And I think we started out as cave people, being brilliant at this, nearly getting eaten, <laughs> right. At nine AM, and by eleven AM, we're hunting. We're back on it and hunting for food. Yeah, and and, and providing for our, our tribe. And because we were so good at going, life's about enduring and returning to base, survival, and getting back on it. And we don't have to worry about food anymore. We don't have to worry about a roof over our head or warmth and electricity or if the sun's going to come up in the morning or being eaten or we don't have to worry about that so much. Certainly in the Western world, we don't have to worry about that a lot these days. So because that's been taken away from us and we've been showered and gifted with everything that we ever want and luxuries and comfortableness and nice triumph and reward-based stuff, we define our happiness by that And I think a lot of what I say to people is, work on your ability to come off your baseline, endure a bit of suffering and return back. That's what's really going to put us in good stead. That's what really counts. Yeah. And I I know we can't, there's a number of reasons, but we're we're suffering, I think, and the future generations will suffer from being comfortable, from having the core fundamentals of our existence on tap. Taken care of. It's On tap. And, and, and of all the things, digital industrial revolution, parenting styles have changed, whether it's toxins in the food and the air that's affecting us, whether it's obesity and gut health, there's a million different theories around why mental health is struggling. I think genuinely the big comfort crisis is one of them, that we grow up now generally with everything we ever need, our core functions provided for in abundance. So the minute we experience any form of hardship or challenge... We're not well equipped to return to baseline. And that's what resilience is. I hear that. So, as my parenting style, I'm just doing all I can to make sure that my kids um, are equipped that if they fall, if they have challenges, if they're feeling, um, you know, not right, if they're wanting to give up easily. I I want them to sit under that baseline a little bit and figure it out and not just be given the answer, not just take away the pain for them. Do you know what I mean? That's all we can do as parents, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, one to finish on. But I think hopefully, Scott, people will listen to this podcast and go, I get it now. I get resilience. Think about your baseline. Think about how easy you return or not and think about some of those techniques we can use to get back in control and get back to baseline in either direction. Absolutely. Enjoyed that?
1: Good chat, Martin.
0: We'll follow it up. If you've got any questions on resilience, contact us, get in touch. Happy to um, engage with it. But other than that, Scott Morrison, thank you very much. Martin, it's been a pleasure. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast
2: please consider leaving a 5-star review on your favourite podcasting platform. It only takes a minute and your feedback is greatly appreciated. Reviews help other people find the show and learn about the amazing topics we cover. Additionally, please turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. And finally, please subscribe or follow the T2 Hubcast if you haven't already. Doing this means that you'll automatically receive new episodes as soon as they're released. Thanks so much for your support.